0: Hi, Kelly here. This week, we're resharing one of our favorite episodes of Let's Go Together. In this episode, I talked to Jessica Nabongo and Tayo Roxon about their experiences as black travelers and why Africa should be on your bucket list. Enjoy.
1: One thing that I will say about all of my experiences and visiting every single country in the world is that everywhere you go in the world, you're going to meet people who are incredibly welcoming and incredibly friendly. And I hope that what other black people see from my journey is that you should feel comfortable traveling anywhere you want to go.
2: You can meet people at their level when you learn how to communicate across cultures, right? Everybody at their core wants to be seen, heard, and understood for who they really are. And then they're also, you know, the bad people everywhere and the good people everywhere.
0: My name is Kelly Edwards, and this is Let's Go Together, a podcast from Travel and Leisure about the ways travel connects us and what happens when you don't let anything stop you from seeing the world. Travel also shows how people see us and how we see ourselves. As an African-American woman who flies an airplane, scuba dives, and climbs mountains, all with my signature red lipstick on, I've been in many places on my travels where there's no one else who looks like me. That's why I'm so passionate about sharing my adventures. I want to show that everyone belongs at the top of a mountain or wherever they want to go. My guests today have spent much of their lives on the move and inspiring others to do the same. Jessica Nabongo has actually visited every country in the world, making her the first documented black woman to accomplish this feat. Tayo Roxon is an expert on cross-cultural communication, diversity, and inclusion, based in New York. I got them on the phone together to talk about our different experiences as Black travelers, why destinations in Africa should be on your bucket list, and how exploring new places shapes our understanding of ourselves. So the both of you have African roots. Tayo, you're the son of a Nigerian diplomat. And spent parts of your childhood in Sweden and Burkina Faso. And Jessica, you're a native de- of Detroit, but your parents are from Uganda. You've both lived, worked, and traveled all over the world. And in Jessica's case, you've literally been to every country on the globe.
1: <laughs> How have your travel
0: experiences informed your sense of identity?
1: I've been traveling internationally since I was four, and in October 2019, I finished my journey to every country in the world, becoming the first Black woman to do so. Um, When I lived in Japan, I definitely felt American. When I was in London and grad school at the London School of Economics, I felt more Ugandan. Working for the United Nations in Rome, I definitely felt Ugandan more than anything. And so it's interesting how it changes based on the context and and also like what community that I feel I'm representing.
2: That's so interesting. I mean, for me, I know initially growing up, I spent the first nine years of my life in and out of two military dictatorships. And so when we moved to Sweden, I was too young. My youngest brother was born, my younger brother, middle brother was born there, but I was too young to take it in. So when I came back home in Nigeria, We define ourselves based on our ethnicities. So I'm Yoruba and, you know, maybe religion. But I just grew up with everybody being black. And now I found myself almost having to prove myself to my own countrymen that I was Nigerian enough. The identity that I have is, is, you know, something called a third culture kid. Basically, anyone who spent the formative periods of their lives outside outside of the parents' culture. And so I said, I'm Nigerian. I'm the mix of every country I've been into.
0: How do you feel that being black in America shapes African-American travel experiences when it comes to
1: venturing out into the world? I think that as black people, where you're from and what you look like really colors that experience. I think a lot of the reason that now I lean on my African identity is because first and foremost, no matter where I show up, that's how people see me.
0: And why do they see you like that? What do you mean?
1: Um, because I'm dark-skinned, I ha- I usually have a shaved head, and, you know, I have a very typical
2: African look, if you want to say that. I'm black, but I'm not African-American. There
0: is a difference.
2: And I'm also just someone that embraces the, you know, the, the fullness of what an African in diaspora means. And so that became my identity, and that's what I've carried on since.
1: And now I would say, given my extensive travels and, you know, my interactions with people around the world, I feel more African than anything. I feel like there's a huge movement in the diaspora and on the continent where it's like, You know, I feel like we're becoming more connected in a way that I didn't feel when I was younger. And so while I definitely recognize and love my Ugandan heritage, I do feel a larger connection to the entire African continent at this point.
0: Jessica and Tayo encourage others to connect with Africa, too. If the continent's not on your list just yet, trust me, it will be after you hear their recommendations. More on that after we take a break. Kelly Edwards here. Welcome back to Let's Go Together from Travel and Leisure. The name of this show brings to mind an African proverb I love. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. My guests, Jessica Nibongo and Tayo Roxon have done plenty of both. And they really want to encourage African Americans to do the same. I know you get often asked, what are the most welcoming or safest countries for Black travelers? What do you make of that question?
1: Yeah, it it is a question that I get often, and I understand where it comes from. And it typically comes from Black people living in the U.S., I think more than any other Black population in the world. And it's frustrating for me because I think so many Black travelers hold themselves back from going to places that they might be curious about because they're forecasting what their experience might be only because of the color of their skin. Sure, there's a few countries in the world that I don't necessarily want to go back to, but I think it's so important for everyone to have their own travel experience. No matter if I had a negative experience or a positive experience, That doesn't shape what your experience is going to be. I just really want Black travelers to feel free to go anywhere that they want to go, which is what I did. We're not monolithic as a people, you know, and
0: so we should definitely be open to having different experiences and not letting someone else's negative experience hold you back.
2: You find that you can meet people at, the, at their level, when you learn how to communicate across cultures, right? Everybody at their core wants to be seen, heard, and understood for who they really are. And then they're also, you know, the bad people everywhere and the good people everywhere. But it takes some education of environment as well as education of self, knowing what your boundaries are and what you allow other people to to treat you like.
0: Absolutely. Communication is uh, obviously really huge in travel and necessary What tips do you have for people to communicate and connect while traveling somewhere where they don't know the language or the culture, as you were speaking of? And how can you travel responsibly and respectfully?
1: So... One little trick that I offer people is look for like the 12 to 15 year olds, because typically no matter where you are in the world, you're going to find 12 and 15 year olds that speak English because they're learning it in school. So while their parents or older siblings may not speak English, usually kids around that age will speak English and can help you out, I think. You know, oftentimes, depending on the country, if it's not a country that has great tourism infrastructure, then I think it's great to get a guide um, or a driver who speaks English or whatever your native language is um, so they can help you navigate. The other thing for me, and I think in particular as a woman, it's something that I have to think about, is usually I will err on the side of dressing conservatively until I'm in the country and I get a feel for it and I feel like I can dial it back. You're not in your home country, so you need to make adjustments. Um, In particular, I think when you're outside of the West, right? I think we have to be very conscious of our privilege and very conscious and respectful of other people's cultures.
2: That's exactly it. I think the the idea of privilege is very very, very important for people to be cognizant of. If you're going to a country where you don't speak the language, I always encourage people to understand greetings and goodbye. You know, just a lot of times the effort that you would make to do that instantly gets people to see you as someone that is, you know, trying. Absolutely. And then I will I think to err on the side of safety if you're just not sure, Just look to see if there are guides. Guides are always a great, great resource, like Jessica said.
1: And one more thing I wanna add, um, just after listening to Tayo, I think humility is incredibly important when you're traveling. I don't go there thinking, I know this, I know that. I'm like, nope, I'm going to ask every single question in the world and act as if I know nothing.
2: Yes. I cannot stress this enough. Whatever your first reaction is, just take a moment to pause that and really ask yourself if what you're doing is confirming a stereotype you have or you're reacting out of ego because it could very well be that they're not trying to offend you even though it seems that way.
0: I'm quite a seasoned traveler myself. But talking to Tayo and Jessica gave me a whole new perspective on how to connect across cultures. And I was dying to ask Jessica about her epic mission to visit all 195 countries in the world, 89 of which she explored solo. Now, just to put this in context, less than 300 people on the entire planet have done this.
1: What was your motivation behind this? That is a feat, a marvelous feat. I realized, number one, less than 20 women had done it and only one black person had done it. But honestly, the original motivation was my curiosity. I'm a geography nerd. So I've always been super fascinated by learning something about every country or every region in the world. As I continued sharing on social and I started getting press around it. So I always was a storyteller. But then I was like, okay, well, let me educate people about what countries these are. Because like Nauru and Kiribati, people had never heard of, a lot of people had never heard of those countries. And... Honestly, I can recall. I think it was February. I was in Mali. I was feeling down. I had 40 something countries left. It was rough go. So, you know, I love to travel,
0: but I'm not going to lie. I can see how that would get tiring. It turns out the knowledge that she was breaking barriers helped Jessica make it to the end. She was in a market when she heard something that pushed her forward.
1: A friend of mine, a photographer I linked up with, was telling these guys in the market about my journey. And they were like, what? C'est impossible. Like, it's it's not possible. Um, c'est pas vrai. It's not true. And once we convinced them this is what I was actually doing, uh, one of the guys said to me, c'est pas pour toi, c'est pour nous. It's not for you. It's for us. Wow. That, for me, it fueled me to the finish line. And I also had this amazing online community that was on every flight with me they were in every taxi with me and they really did that journey with me at times when i wanted to quit it was that community that i kept going for you know as i've done travels on the continent i get messages from people saying i've never had a desire to travel to africa but you just showing these images or you know if i do a drone shot of me laying on a beach in sao tome and people are like number one i've never heard of that country um number two that's africa Let's talk about travel to Africa and the countries
0: and the African diaspora. Jessica, you said that with your company Jet Black, you're aiming to change the narrative about those places when it comes to tourism. What is that existing narrative and what are people missing out on if they decide to write off these places?
1: Yeah, so Jet Black is a travel agency that I founded in 2015 and the reason I actually started it is because a friend of mine, who's a very popular um, entertainer, was getting married and I told him that he should honeymoon on the continent because he's a man of influence and I'm like, you can help to change the narrative. And so he asked me to plan it and through that process, I decided to start Jet Black. and. Our mission is focusing on travel to Africa, Central and South America and the Caribbean, um, countries where obviously the African continent, but also countries where there is large population um, of African people because we don't see those places Typically being marketed besides the Caribbean. But even then, with the Caribbean, there's some islands that people just don't go to at all. And so, you know, it's that consistent narrative that we're seeing this idea of Africa as being backwards, um, the idea of disease and poverty and things of that nature. Now, here we are in 2020, that narrative has shifted greatly. And I feel like, and I'd love to hear what Tayo has to say, I feel like right now Africa and Africans are in vogue. Even if you look Look at like literature, Chimamanda, all these African authors are coming out and putting out books um, that are having extreme commercial success. If you look at the music scene, you look at Burna Boy, you look at Davido, all of these African things right now, we are in vogue. You look at Ghana, what their president did for Ghana in terms of the year return. It brought huge amounts of people. Absolutely.
0: That West African country was the point of departure for millions of enslaved people starting in 1619. 400 years later, the government of Ghana welcomed African-American travelers eager to reconnect with the homeland most of us don't know. And that's just one country to check out in a continent of 54 nations. Tayo and Jessica have me itching to visit the places where they trace their roots, but also so many more
2: and with my particular platform i've noticed i don't know if you'll agree with this jessica that i'm actually more nigerian here than i am back home in some weird concept way
1: 100 percent. in uganda they call me mzungu which means a white person so jessica what does it mean again <laughs> mzungu it means a white person
2: <laughs> yeah or in nigeria they might say Oy- oyibo, and that can be a, a white person too but That knowledge of me being more Nigerian here than anywhere else has sort of fueled me in terms of uh, me understanding the responsibility I have here to help people. And so I have noticed a lot of African-Americans really, you know, ramping up the ancestry test and, and, and going through that idea of, hey, we can do something uh, outside of our country. And that curiosity has led to to the movement. So I, I will agree with Jessica that the movement is changing. The thing that people will be missing out on if they're not trying to include Africa, the continent of Africa and the tourism is that they're missing out on the history of the world. That's where it started. So, if you're not gonna <laughs> go to the source, I think you only get in a the remix, and and the remix is in this case is not the best version. You know, <laughs> we we need the original, but uh, but you're not getting the the full story. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, I think you're missing you're missing the food. You know, we we glorify European cuisine, right? But in Africa, they have amazing cuisine. Um the artisans, the different artwork you can get, the, the home goods that you can get, the jewelry you can get, the beaches, world-class beaches, most of the time that are almost empty. I mean, go to the Seychelles, go to Tanzania, go to Madagascar. These are world-class beaches. Um, obviously, safari, that goes without say, but there's so many really cool African cities. I love hanging out in Lagos, in Accra, in Dakar, in Nairobi, Joburg. Those are They're just amazing cities. So, You know, if you're thinking to go to Paris or Budapest or Amsterdam, like, why not go to a Lagos, a Nairobi um, or a Kampala?
2: Kampala, yes, for sure. And Kampala is one of the places I've wanted to go to, Jessica. So let's
1: go. Yeah. Last question. I will start with
0: you, Tayo, because it pertains more so probably to you than Jessica at this point. What's next on your personal travel wish list. And for Jessica, where would you like to go back to?
2: The only continents that I haven't visited are Australia and South America. So I do wanna, I wanna go to Brazil for sure. Ooh, you're gonna love it there. Yeah, there, there are a lot of, uh, I'm Yoruba, there are a lot of Yoruba people. I, w- I would love to visit every country in Africa too, as well. So that, that's been on, on my wish list. And I wanna go to Singapore and Malaysia. I started thinking about this when I started reading the book Crazy Rich Asians. And then I saw the movie and I said, I'm going. I'm uh, I'm going. <laughs> so those are the countries that are on my list now.
0: Jessica, you have, I mean, let me reiterate. You've been to every country in the world. There's got to there's be maybe a top three. You're like, if I could only go to three more places, it would be what? Ooh,
1: that's hard. Um, I'm like, can I get five? I know. Fine. I'll give you five. <laughs> Places that I am really excited to visit this year um, would be Egypt because I haven't been in 11 years. Um, I want to go back to Cuba, which I love so much. I went four times in 18 months. And because of my other travels, I haven't had a chance to go back. Um, I'm really excited about going back to Mexico City. I spent a couple days there. I want to go and explore a little bit deeper. Um, Oh, my God. There's so many. Now I'm, like, trying to limit it. I want to go back to Rwanda for sure. And mm, this is so hard. Um, Let's say Slovenia, because that was also another place I wanted to spend more time. But honestly, there's over 100 countries that I plan to go back to.
0: You're going to end up (laughs) like the other guy who went back. He's on his third round. I know, right? (laughs) Inadvertently, it's going to happen again.
1: (laughs) By the time I'm 80, sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you both so much. Thank you for having me.
2: Thank you so much for everything.
0: While I don't have as many stamps in my passport as Jessica does yet, I definitely want to add so many more from Africa. I'm so grateful to Tayo and Jessica for sharing their experiences today. You can find Jessica online at the Catch Me If You Can and Tayo at Tayo Roxon. That's all for this episode of Let's Go Together, a podcast by Travel and Leisure. I'm your host, Kelly Edwards. Thanks to our production team at Pod People Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Susie Armitage, Lena Beck Sillison, and Cheryl Duvall. This show was recorded in Los Angeles, edited in New York City, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more at travelandleisure.com slash podcast. You can find Travel and Leisure on Instagram at Travel and Leisure, on Twitter at Travel Leisure, and on TikTok at Travel and Leisure Mag. And if you're looking for me, I'm Kelly Set Go Everywhere. And that's Kelly with two E's on the end.